Alright, so, oh my goodness, this is actually the third attempt at recording this episode of the podcast. Uh, oh my god, I literally just recorded like two takes, like 40 minute episodes of this podcast. Uh, and I'm stupid, so I didn't even turn my camera on the first time, uh, and I'm recording on my iPhone. Uh, then the second time I ran out of storage at like 29 minutes, so it stopped recording. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> so I just want to point out at the beginning of this podcast that uh, I originally created uh, my YouTube channel, Austin Howard Tech, and that was to supplement uh, a lot of the material that I was putting on my blog on austinhoward.tech. Uh, and you can go to my website, austinhoward.tech slash blog you can see all the content that i put on there uh but yeah the the youtube channel was so i could post videos on there uh and then uh so i could have those for my blog as well uh but then i created the austin howard tech podcast uh which before this episode i had not recorded any so that i could post it on my youtube channel uh but now i'm just going to kind of merge those two things together and then uh, obviously, uh, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, uh, a couple other platforms, uh, and hopefully uh, in the near future on Apple Podcasts as well. But yeah, now I just kind of wanted to start posting the podcast on my YouTube channel. So that's why I'm recording it now. Uh, but I've just been having some technical issues. But hopefully, the third try at this episode will be the one. So. This episode, uh, I'm going to try to kind of talk about the current situation uh, that's going on in the United States right now, especially the political situation, uh, and then just the problem with false information on the internet. So I would say right now I've been uh, working on this article. Uh, It's called, right now the title is How to Protect Yourself from False Information Online. But really what I want to point out is that the spread of false information on the internet is now beca- it's now become such a big issue. Uh, it's been happening for a long time, but now it's creating a lot of problems. I mean, like la- in the 2016 election, there's a lot of things about Russia meddling in our elections on, on social platforms, stuff like that. Uh, and then now it's just happening again. So, and it's become a lot bigger of a problem. Uh, which I'll point out, but this is why I want to say that right now, uh, more than ever, it's super important to equip yourself with the tools of logic and reasoning, and, and that's going to save you from being manipulated uh, by this problem of false information. And I'm telling you, if you truly want to be uh, an independent thinker, uh, and be able to think critically about a lot of the information that you're seeing online. I mean, right now, uh, it's, it's literally the worst uh, with journalism. I mean, you see everything, these clickbaity headlines uh, that's just all about getting clicks and getting people to read the, the next new article and whatever kind of atrocious information that's just going to catch people's attention, uh, that's just going to get people to read it so that they can s- satisfy the, the viewers, the numbers, uh, the money, all that kind of thing. Uh, everything's just gotten so clickbaity. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that's at the detriment of, of uh, spreading legitimate, good, truthful information. 
Uh, so the most important thing you can do right now, uh, and in this article I left is kind of uh, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, uh, a logical fallacies handbook. Uh, and t- to my, for, in my opinion, uh, I searched around. This is kind of the best comprehensive handbook, I guess you could say, to to fallacies and arguments. Uh, and it's pretty long. Uh, like I say, it, it looks like this. Uh, yeah, you can see it's it's really long. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend just reading it all in one go. But there's even a lot of examples of some of these logical fallacies that you'll immediately be able to pick up with some of these clickbaity headlines uh, and just some of these videos that are kind of crazy that just take things completely out of context and and people can kind of paint whatever story or narrative they want to. Um, but yeah, it's kind of driving people insane now. So I'm just going to get into that a little bit. But first, yeah, I just wanted to point you to this. I think everyone should read this especially right now uh so you can you can take it upon yourself uh, instead of feeling like the victim and like all this false information uh, there's too much information going on i can't even pay attention to it so instead of being that sort of victim uh you can kind of read this and take it upon yourself to be able to determine uh uh you know what's true about some of these things that you're seeing online but <clears throat> nevertheless carrying on so I want to set up also this episode of the podcast in, in just uh, uh, in terms of, of conflict in general, um, because basically all forms of conflict uh, are settled in one of two ways. The first way is war, essentially. So physical conflict where one party just takes the other by force. The second way and the way to avoid war in the face of conflict is argument, discussion, debate, and then eventually some sort of negotiation for power, uh, but everyone kind of stays unharmed or things remain civil. Ideally, the second way is what we want in society, especially the society that we built in the United States is one uh, that's founded uh, upon the Constitution uh, that kind of keeps things civil uh, so people can continue to have debate and conversation and we can change policy and the way we live uh, and the laws that we have on the foundation of good solid argument. Um, so like I said, that, that we want to remain civil so we need to have discussions and arguments. Uh, but the problem is that in order for there to be any sort of meaningful debate or conversation, all parties must have to be able to fundamentally agree on what is real and not real. And I think it's precisely at that very idea, like all the way at the fundamental basis of just being able to agree on what's real and not real or what's true and not true in a sense at the most fundamental level uh, is kind of where things are breaking down right now, uh, and, and I'll kind of explain why. Uh, so there's essentially, uh, I guess I'll point to sort of uh, the situation that we have at hand in the United States right now, which is there's clearly something, some force that's holding us all back from having uh, rational conversations with one another so that we can 
uh, resolve this conflict that these conflicts that we're seeing uh, right now in the United States, uh, which have unfortunately ended up with a lot of looting and rioting and, and has resulted in a lot of physical conflict already. Uh, but but hopefully we can hopefully it'll be quailed. I, I hope for the best, uh, but you know things are, are not looking great, which is why uh, I, I felt a responsibility also to create a piece of content and, and write an article and kind of try to find a solution, uh, which, which I think I've found sort of a solution, like I said, on an individual level. But uh, I'm going to back it up a little bit, a little bit and kind of uh, paint the story of what's kind of going on right now. So really the United States has remained mostly internally peaceful since the American Civil War in 1861. Uh <clears throat> Uh, and so for the most part, the American people uh, have been able to keep civil civilization intact. And since the Civil War, there hasn't been any real large-scale bloodshed. But the thing is, <clears throat> we've been kind of lulled into thinking that large-scale bloodshed cannot happen again. Uh, but we are in a situation right now where that is a potential danger that is on the horizon. And I want to point you to uh, a brilliant, brilliant guy, uh, an American biologist, evolutionary theorist, Brett Weinstein. Uh, if you don't know who that is, you need to go check him out. Uh, he has a podcast called The Dark Horse Podcast that I've been listening to very frequently, especially in the past couple of days, very frequently, because this guy... This guy is kind of the person who called out and kind of predicted that this issue with racial tensions and, and uh, this kind of new woke movement was, was coming out of some of these colleges and, and being spurred from academia. So essentially, uh, here's, here's how I'll explain it to you. If you're not a part of the college scene, this kind of... This is kind of how it looks to me and sort of how it's been described to me before. But essentially, there's three main broad groups of people within academia. And so there's one group of people who uh, those people are religious uh, and good on that. That, that. That's fantastic. Everyone has their right to, you know, practice whatever religion they want and to ha and to be able to bring that to the academic table, and that's great. That that's what's great about the United States, is that we have that system of tolerance where everyone can have their ability to speak freely and to hold whatever beliefs that they want. <clears throat> so we have those people that are religious. Uh, then we have those people also like me, uh, who divorced from a religion and have strictly a scientific worldview. Uh, and, and then there's another group of people who kind of aren't a part of these two, two groups of people, which what they're calling now is the woke movement. And the woke movement is sort of an, an ideology in itself. So it's kind of like, like religion in that it's an ideology, but it's definitely not religious. And uh, a lot of the religious groups uh, are at conflict with uh, this woke movement as well. So now we have these three groups of people, and this woke movement is this new thing that's been spurred up in academia that Brett Weinstein points out 
uh, and predicted that it, this was the kind of origination of what would be now spilled out and what is now spilled out into culture. And now that we see with these riots and just the complete intolerance for discussion or logical argument, uh, I mean, it's crazy. You can go on YouTube uh, and see people debating college students on these campuses, uh, and they really have no basis of logic or reasoning in, in order to argue. Uh, a lot of it's just, like I said, it's an ideology, an ideological worldview where it's just based off of feelings and beliefs and anecdotes uh, and just riddled with logical fallacies. So, yeah, this movement is is really problematic, and it, it all boils down to uh, all these groups of people cannot agree on some sort of truth. So, for example, uh, the Christians, for example, they if they have a question or, or a problem or they're looking for an answer to something, uh, they'll evaluate some of the, resor the resources that they know, uh, texts, uh, for example, in, in the Bible and scriptures and uh, quotes from the Bible and stuff that kind of guide them into finding some sort of answer. They'll check for people that they respect in, a, in the religious community, uh, and then they'll they'll check other people who, who are Christians as well, and they'll search out uh, the answer to whatever question that they may have, and then come to some conclusion of what is true based off of those those sources. So that's how they come to some to their uh, uh, idea of what is true. Uh, on a, the scientists, for example, or the people who are strictly looking at the world through a scientific lens and using scientific method to uh, come to some some sort of truth. Basically, what happens there is <clears throat> they'll, you know, the, the scientific point of view will observe all the possible, uh, uh, you know, points of data, or will collect collect all the points of data on some some subject or some claim, uh, and then try to falsify that claim in, in as many ways as possible, thus to, you know, come to new conclusions and be open to uh, progressing and, and discovering new things while always trying to falsify what you're, you're actually trying to claim. Uh, and so in that sense, uh, that's the process of getting to some sort of truth on an answer and, or some sort of question. That's different from... Uh, how someone who's Christian might might search for the truth in something, uh, but then the the woke movement is is completely different. Uh, and, and honestly, you see a lot of this stuff. Uh, it's a lot of social justice warriors. So you know, a lot of information that's being spread online in these social justice groups, uh, just amongst people, and like and on on these platforms, it's just a big information trap. Like. Once you get into, once you start following one person who spreads some sort of information, has one viewpoint on something, you then get recommended that same information that just reaffirms the argument that you already believe. And so you can, in, in any scenario on these social media platforms, you can get stuck in these holes of information that just affirms what you already believe to be true. Uh, and then that confirmation bias starts to to be to to play in all this so yeah there's just a lot of uh 
a lot of problems, like I said, with uh, the social media aspect of all this. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at with this new movement that started on these uh, in academia. And like I said, Brett Weinstein pointed out that it was eventually gonna uh, filter out into culture, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so now that now that you kind of understand that and um it's the next thing i'll move on to that that i want to that i want to move to in this podcast is there's four main issues with the current information the current configuration that we have with how information travels on the internet and and how people consume it so i want to point out that rapid innovation in digital technology in combination with the information age and the big data age has presented brand new challenges that humans have never seen before on, on the evolutionary time scale. Uh, humans have never had this much access to information. <clears throat> and also they've never been uh, on these social media platforms, which is just a whole different environment, uh, like I said, than humans have ever had to deal with. Uh so anyway, the first issue I would say with the current configuration of information now, especially on the internet, is the whole idea of the anonymity of the source. So the ability of the source of information to be anonymous. So for example, anyone can create a Twitter account and still be, still have their identity essentially concealed, uh, yet they can still spread information how they want. Uh, and they can interact on the platform and interact with in the global conversation uh, without anyone knowing who they are. And humans have never had that. Uh, you know, humans used to be able to remain anonymous and away from all other people. They could isolate themselves. Um, but people haven't been able to be completely anonymous while also being able to contribute to uh, public conversation and public discourse. So anonymity of the source comes along with a lot of a lot of tricky things. For example, uh, a, a thing that you would want to usually know when a source of when you when it, when someone's spreading some source of information or they're making some claim, you usually want to you know see who that person is, what their background is, uh, to kind of see what what kind of motivations do they have for making these claims or these arguments or spreading this information. Uh, but since <clears throat> the source of information in this sense can be completely anonymous, then you would never really, you would have a much more difficult time tracking their motivations. Uh, and then also with anonymity of source, there's no direct punishment for spreading false information. So like in real life, uh, if, if you went up to someone uh, and you just said something to them that was that was completely not true or hurtful to them uh, or misleading or manipulated or manipulated them in some way, uh, you know, you, you would likely, you know, they would, they would get mad at you. They would express their frustration with you and that would hurt you internally, or they would do something physical, physical to harm you. Uh, And so in that sense, in the first place, you probably wouldn't want to even spread that misinformation or spread some sort of hurtful information to them. But with being able to be anonymous on the internet, there is no backlash for spreading something that hurts someone or spreading some information that manipulates or misleads someone. So, so that's another problem with 
the anonymity of the source. The second main issue is that information can be highly manipulated by software programs. And we're seeing this a lot right now, especially if you think about a lot of, there's so many videos of Donald Trump, uh, you know, just short clips of him saying something that seems pretty crazy. Uh, and then, then completely the new story is blown out of context where in reality, if, if you had an extra 30 seconds of that clip uh, that got taken out, the next 30 seconds might be the context that you need to, for the actual meaning of the message that uh, Donald Trump is trying to convey. <coughs> so that's by just by just clipping uh, the video a little bit shorter, you can have a totally different connotation or meaning that and spur off some sort of crazy information about what Donald Trump said, which happens all the time. Uh, but that's just another way that uh, videos and information can be manipulated and, and misleading. Uh, and then also, for example, another one with Donald Trump that I saw was, uh, and I'm not just picking on Donald Trump, Donald Trump, this is not meant to be political, I'm just pointing out that information can be manipulated by software pretty heavily, is uh, I think I saw on Twitter someone posted a picture of uh, Donald Trump was standing in front of that church after uh, it had been burned, I think, in D.C. or something of that nature, and he was holding a Bible. Uh, and then someone photoshopped a picture of Hitler also standing there with his hand kind of up. But they had photoshopped a book into his hand. And then they had put those two pictures of Trump and Hitler together. And it just, it was so misleading. And it had, it, it's so symbolic, yet it's it was photoshopped in to have this message. And now it leads people to believe that Hitler and Trump are really similar and Trump is now Hitler and uh, that's really how it can be dangerous to manipulate information and especially with software how, how possible that is um, but the next thing is the third or the third main issue with information is so like I said the first one is anonymity of source the second one is information can uh, be highly manipulated with software programs and then the third one is the functions of the algorithms that rank and suggest information is not transparent to people. And so that that's a real problem. And I think we're getting into this territory of there's something psychological happening to human beings that that they don't really know is happening. That they didn't, did not give consent for. Uh, and so along with that point, I want to point you to... A podcast by uh, a, po a podcast episode by a brilliant guy named Sam Harris, one of the m most brilliant thinkers of our time of the 21st century. Uh, he has a podcast called Making Sense. Highly recommend you go checking that out after listening to the rest of this podcast. Uh, uh, but he has an episode called uh, Can We Pull Back from the Brink? <clears throat> and he, he really goes through all, all of really expands a lot more in depth uh, on the psychological aspects of, of what I'm talking about. But I just want to read you a quote from that podcast that, that I pulled out that I think is really powerful. <clears throat> and that is, with social media, we've all been enrolled in a psychological experiment in which no one gave consent. And it's not clear how it will turn out. This isn't just politics and human suffering on display. It's philosophy. It's ideas about truth 
and what it means to say that something is true. And and that that's a really powerful powerful quote. And the first part of that is super powerful, uh, which is that we've all been enrolled in a psychological experiment in which no one gave consent. So like the second you started using web browsers like Google Chrome, Mozilla Firefox, they started collecting data about you and your, and your cookies. And then, uh, and then you started using search engines like Google and Yahoo and Bing. And now DuckDuckGo, DuckDuckGo is actually fantastic, by the way. If you're still using Google, stop using Google. Start using DuckDuckGo. Uh, but, and then when you start using social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, <clears throat> name them, you can get, go through all of them. You essentially sign yourself up uh, to be a part of this psychological experiment that humans have never experienced. Like, if you think about it, these algorithms that suggest information to you on these platforms, like I said, th- their goal is to keep people on the platform. So they're going to suggest information that's relevant to the user. They're going to suggest information that they think will keep the user on the platform. Uh, and that's not normal. Humans have not ever been subjected to that. Like legitimately, computers are curating information for people over the course of years. Uh, And we know propaganda over the course of history has been incredibly powerful in in changing the psychology of people, changing human behavior. Uh, Like, for example, I don't want to make this direct uh, connection, but, you know, Hitler was able to convince plenty of people that, uh, uh, that everything was fine and that these people needed to be exterminated and and they, he, he actually convinced all these people uh that he was the person who was gonna t- turn germany around and and make everything great like he used propaganda he manipulated information in order to do that you see that in other countries that have restricted access to the internet <clears throat> excuse me i'm sorry i've been clearing my throat so much but other countries china china is the main one that we know of, but there's plenty of countries that restrict access to the internet. And when you have that sort of restriction on speech and information, uh, it's going to change people psychologically. So that's really the main issue that we're seeing with these social media platforms, with the algorithms. They're over the course of years, people are being subject subjected to this, you know, this designed implementation of this way information gets shown to you Uh, and we don't really know how that's going to play out psychologically in the future Uh, i think we're just going to have to see uh, i think now we're seeing remnants of that being a problem and that's why i'm bringing this up now is because it's almost like people are getting stuck in these information tunnels of of just constantly being referred information that just affirms uh, what what they believe to already be true, uh, and the problem is if is if those people believe something dangerous to be true, uh, and they just keep following this information, eventually it just keeps getting more and more and more and more, and then they get into this information tunnel that could lead them down a potentially dangerous pathway. Uh, and then, like I said, you then those people don't get to see the other side of the argument, which is you know the nature of the scientific method is searching for the other side of the argument, try to falsify what you already believe to be true. That's the only way that you're going to be able to converge on some sort of logical uh, uh, truth. You know what I mean? So 
I think that's the algorithms are kind of doing the reverse of what we want to do in the scientific method, which is see all the other sides of the argument as well. So uh, this, that's what I'm saying. Sam Harris said it. It's a weird psychological experiment, and we, we don't necessarily know how this is going to play out. And on the other hand, it, it's also it's also psycho- a psychological experience in, in the way that uh, it's so fundamentally based off of numbers. Like every single thing about the platform, your worth on the platform and authority and all that is purely based on numbers. Uh, and in that case... Uh, the importance of numbers has got has become so much greater and valuable, even for organizations and institutions. And that's why you know trust between the individual and institution has become broken as well. Is because the incentives for businesses to latch on to to certain movements or to do some sort of virtue signaling has become uh, so necessary for the success of business and for for that to get that social acceptance in a way on these platforms that's become so important that it's now become more important than than searching for the real truth the real solution to these problems rather than you know supporting some some sort of policy change that may not actually may not actually turn out for the best uh but then just supporting that just for a play on brand or a play on image uh yeah so for for me personally uh, trust has been shattered for me for a lot of uh, institutions and stuff like that uh, that I'm seeing supporting policies and information where the data doesn't add up, where the statistics don't show it, uh, where it's potentially dangerous. And so, uh, yeah, but a lot of a lot of things I've been seeing have just been purely anti-science, purely anti-logic and reasoning, and 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 that's something that cannot continue to happen. Um, so yeah, I guess I just want to leave you on leave you on that that those kind of thoughts on where we're at in our current situation, uh, and I just want to read I just want to read this this quote this quote again. Um, this is is from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. I can't remember if I already read this quote in this episode. Like I said, I recorded this this is the third time recording this episode, but this is from the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy and why I'm telling you it's so important to get back to the roots of logic and reasoning uh, to solve this problem of misinformation. Being able to detect and avoid fallacies has been viewed as a supplement to criteria of good reasoning. The knowledge of fallacies is needed to arm us against the most enticing missteps we might take with arguments. So thought not only Aristotle, but also the early 19th century logicians, Richard Waitley and John Stuart Mill. And that's where I'm going to leave you guys on this episode of the podcast. Brush up on your logic and reasoning uh, uh, and take it upon yourself to protect yourself from false information. But anyway, peace out. Good luck with being a free thinker and a critical thinker and and let's get out on top of this this problem with misinformation but anyway i guess uh also i'm gonna end this podcast with a little plug i was just gonna do this at the beginning but um so 
Uh, like I said, I do have this YouTube channel and this podcast, and I also just graduated from college, and I want to continue this YouTube channel, this podcast, and making uh, uh, content on my website. And in, in order to do that, I need to be able to support myself in some way. Uh, and how I'm doing that is two different, uh, two different, I guess, sp- not really sponsorships, but two affiliate uh, things that I'm doing. And the see, I was looking for a, a product or service that I wanted to do a sort of affiliate thing with so that I could make some money. Uh, and I want to do something, two services that I use a lot personally for myself on a day-to-day basis. The first one is Adobe software. And with Adobe software, you can do literally everything from creating a podcast and, and making fantastic audio content with Adobe Audition. Uh, and then Photoshop, which is something I use all the time. I make the thumbnails for all my videos. Uh, make, I do all my artwork and graphic design for uh, my he- uh, headshop website. Uh, and then also I do all this graphics design with Photoshop on my website, austinhower.tech. I also use Adobe Illustrator, which is great, a great piece of software for making logos, logo design uh, for also, you can do logo design for t-shirts, websites, any sort of clothing, anything that you want to do. And it's fantastic. Uh, and then the other thing uh, that I use really frequently in the Adobe suite of tools is Premiere Pro, which is what I put together uh, these videos with. And so you can do completely professional video editing with uh, Premiere Pro. Uh, and then also something I've been getting into a lot recently, which is After Effects. You can make amazing animation and graphics with After Effects. So I've been using that quite a bit. And there are really so many different uh, pieces of uh, Adobe software that you can use as tools to create any kind of content that you want. Uh, and the cool thing about being an affiliate of it, just if you use my link to go to Adobe and then you purchase a subscription like you normally would or anyone normally would anyway, it doesn't cost you anything extra. And I get a, a little bit of a commission for myself for referring to you, for referring you to their service. Uh, and that's really great because it helps me and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And then the second thing is uh, I built my website, austinhoward.tech, uh, which has my blog and my podcast and a lot of other stuff that I've done with software on it. I built it with WordPress. And with WordPress, uh, you have to use a web hosting solution. There are plenty of good web hosting solutions out there, but the one that I use and I trust and that I love is HostGator. And there's also gonna be a link in the description to HostGator, and it's the same way with Adobe. If you use my link in the description, it doesn't cost you anything extra, and it, it just, a little bit of money goes to me for referring you but anyway that's the end of the plugs uh if you use those services i'll love you so much but even if you don't if all you do is like this video and subscribe to the channel share this video or like this podcast share this podcast share the if you're listening on spotify share it with one of your just one of your friends on spotify uh, and, and help them protect themselves against this informa- this false information online. But anyway, talking too much. Peace out. Have a good day.